Welcome to the Leadership Innovation Ventures and Entrepreneurship Podcast, also known as LIVE. I'm your co-host, Etanosa Bevoin, a community coordinator with the University Housing and Dining. And I'm Brandon Jones, and I'm your co-host. I'm the Associate Director for Student Learning and Development. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everybody, to LIVE episode 28, the first episode of 2022 can you believe it oh craziness we love to hear it we love to see it we made it it. we made it listen um we know some of y'all judging us inside on this because you haven't you know got a episode drop since october but life okay life has been lifing uh covid has been coviding and um yeah stuff has happened but we here and it's february it's black history month and we're really excited i'm excited how are you excited i don't want to speak for you listen i just want to start off saying happy new year okay let's not let's not forget that happy new year we're back with the podcast it's february that's crazy we're first of all january usually takes forever it sped sped through it did and we are february so i'm super excited to be back talking to y'all sharing what we've got happy black history month yes. okay happy birth month to me somebody's birthday is this month <laughs> i don't know if y'all knew that somebody's birthday no big deal it's on saturday anywho um but yeah i'm so excited to be here we have a lot of great things coming up for you even today's episode is very yes. exciting so yeah let's just jump into it oh my it. gosh i'm excited because y'all we got none other than xavier Ingram, woo, woo, woo. y'all. I I met met Xavier back in August, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, we had we crossed paths at uh, Leadership City Limits, wasn't it? Yes, sir. And we start. He started asking me questions about uh, my favorite superheroes, and y'all know you get me talking about comics and superheroes. Etanoso just leave the room, but other yep. people will lean in and have a great conversation. So he knew how to reach me immediately, and so. Uh, we've been fast friends ever since, and I just really have enjoyed watching uh, Xavier's progress on campus and just interacting with other students. And so I had to get you on the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing amazing. This is a good day. This is a cool. This is a cool. Y'all, this setup is nice. I really like it. <laughs> Listen, we, we, you know, we could have done this over Zoom, but we were like, man, we back on campus. We're back in person. And I, I want to be in the studio. I want to uh, be here with my friends in the liberal arts instructional technology studio. And plus, we get a chance to see each other face to face so real quick before we get into the questions that we have for uh you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself where you're from your major uh and then you can pick up with why you why you chose to come to the university of texas at austin okay bet well uh again my name is xavier ingram i am a sophomore radio television and film major here at ut and uh, it's been pretty great so far. I love it here. Honestly, this is like one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had. Ah, cool. The people here are awesome. Um, and it, it's, it's a good time. Um, I'm from Dallas. Uh, really Plano, suburbia. You know you know at UT, you got to be specific. Like you, you say specific. Dallas, it's like, what's your zip code? You know? What's crazy is because I'll be walking around and say I'm from Dallas, but then people will give me like a little side eye, like, are you really from Dallas? And then I got to be like, nah. <laughs> but it's like a cool 20-minute drive. It's, it's close enough. It's close Plano. enough. We're, we're going to count Plano today, so shout out to Plano. Which high school did you go to? Plano West. Plano West. Okay. Plano West. I thought you, because if you'd have said Plano East, I'm like, from Tyler, we got that mm. historic SB rivalry from 1994 that, you know, some of us have never lived down. Uh, but we, we won the game. Don't get me wrong. We won an SB. We won state that year. But Plano East gave us a run for our money then. So <laughs> Plano West is cool. Plano West is cool. Now, tell us, uh, just what brought you here? Why UT? Um, I'd say the number one obvious pull has got to be just the moody college of communication Mm -hmm. it is one of the top like communication schools media studies programs in the country world something okay you hear that parents (laughs) and so so when i was doing my research i was like this would be a perfect fit and it's still you know in texas so i won't be too far from home but it's far enough there you go and uh Yeah, so especially like with the RTF program, I was looking into all the classes and it's like you can choose whatever route you want to take, whether you want to focus on film, TV or radio. 
and that was like perfect for me because I kind of want to do like a little bit of everything. Okay. So I was able to decide, you know, I can major in this, but I still get to do basically everything that I want to do, whether it's mm -hmm. directing, writing, producing, acting, all of it. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it was a perfect fit. It was a perfect fit. And I remember I got accepted and it was almost like a shock. Like I wasn't expecting to get accepted. Uh, Why? I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like when you're in high school, mm -hmm. you're there's so much pressure with like trying to get into college, sure. especially with like big name universities. Yeah. You're not always expecting like that yeah. you're going to get accepted. Mm -hmm. You kind of just send in the application and are like, I'm done with the application. Whatever happens, yeah. happens. We'll just see. OK. Uh, but I got that notification. I was like, dang. Wow. 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 No. Okay, I'm curious. Let's take it all the way back to you talked about high school. So, mm -hmm. what got you interested in RTF, radio, television, film? What, was there something that happened in high school? You were just like, nah, like, this is this is my path. Yeah. So, I've, I've been one of those people who, ever since I was a child, mm. it's always been movies mm -hmm. and writing stuff acting performance that whole thing ask anybody who knows me they will be able to tell you have some kind of story or whatever i remember uh years ago when we would go on like road trips to atlanta mm -hmm. and i would be in the back seat like writing plot outlines to like scooby-doo movies that i would come up with wow. And uh, I was making like little home movies and stuff ever since I was a kid. Oh, wow. And um, I remember I wrote my first script. It was like a feature length script that was like 60 something, 70 pages. And it was uh, based off of a Wizards of Waverly Place episode because oh, that man. was one of my favorite Disney Channel shows. Okay. I was like, I got to write myself into this show somehow. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> I remember telling my mom, I was like, hey, can you like follow Selena Gomez on Twitter and at her so she can see the script? And then like I can get on Disney Channel yeah, yeah. not having any idea. That's not how it works at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been the long game. And ever since high school, you know, when I really solidified my decision and like actually had the opportunities to do stuff. Right. You know, I've been doing multiple uh, short films like a year uh, whether it's with my friends or just other people that I know mm -hmm. in like the DFW area. Sure. Um, you know, I really started getting active in like Dallas, even like national film festivals. I've had plenty of short films that I've either starred in or helped like work on, mm -hmm. uh, like win awards at like national film festivals, like the all American high school film festival. Me and my friends would submit to that like every year mm -hmm. and we get accepted every okay. year wow. okay talent. <laughs> Listen, that's okay. what i'm hearing talent humble brag humble brag there you go um but yeah yeah and recently i started my own studio where i really wanted to focus on making like my own uh stuff so it's called studio x um and really it's kind of just like anything that i want to make doesn't really have to be a specific thing mm -hmm, i'll mm -hmm. just make it under that name until i come up with like a more professional brand and uh uh-huh it's fire like it. it's like yeah. malcolm like x but also like okay. x in terms of like a math variable yes. is like Ooh. infinity it's kind of it. fire okay um <laughs> i like to it. change it right that's what i'm sitting here like why not <laughs> like let's let's go with studio x I'm i can see it. that started well while you were here at ut so you, you talked man you you got a lot of cool things that uh you're doing and that was one of the reasons why i, I was telling it to know so i was like we got to get xavier uh on the show and so I'm just curious, like, you know, she asked you, when did you know you were going to get in the film? Then we got to ask the, the obvious question. What is your favorite film then? Oh, that is the question, isn't it? It is um, the question. Okay. Got to okay. know it. Got to know it. So according to my college uh, application essays, <laughs> <laughs> I would say like the first film that I really just like fell in love with and came obsessed with was uh y'all remember roll bounce of course yeah yes. that classic one of my f most roll favorite bounce. movies of all time okay so what is it about roll bounce yeah, tell, tell like, yeah please yes, i feel like i don't know I've, i'm also a huge lover of music okay and so that's like almost right up there with film i don't like really produce anything like that i'm just mm -hmm. a, a you know a casual enjoyer yeah. mm -hmm. uh 
specifically like growing up with my parents they would always be playing like 70s 80s course, music course. religiously that saturday mornings you wake up you gotta do chores that's blasting in the house mm -hmm. or in the car rides and they're like that's my jam and okay. then like every song is your jam <laughs> yes literally um so yeah i would say like the fact that that movie just how it revolved around roller skating and just like 70s music mm -hmm. and every song was a hit and just the choreography was awesome and just the overall story and the characters like it was funny the main character's name was xavier what's wow. not to i was like? gonna ask about that i'm like because bow wow shout out to bow wow or shot moss whatever he's going by these days um <laughs> yeah I was, I was wondering whether that, that connection was going to happen or not, because I'm like, I get the 70s music because I was born in the 80s. So I was like, I get that. And I get the roller skating fascination, especially how roller skating just made its way back onto yeah, the scene back in the 90s now. and is even just, just as popular now. Oh, yeah. But I was wondering where that connection was for you. So that that's interesting. And was there anything like, because I, I know some people hear you know, film and they hear people that have a fascination with it and they automatically assume, okay, he, it's the cinematography that yeah. Xavier is going to talk about. It's the camera work. And you said it was the music. Talk a little bit more about that. Honestly, as I've watched more films, I've realized that the soundtrack will make or break a movie. Mm. You could have a really good script with really good acting and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But if the music is whack or it doesn't match or there's no music at all, uh, usually it's... It's not going to perform as well, but you have the combination of everything. You got the acting, you got the script, you got the cinematography, mm -hmm. and there's a banger score playing in the background. Mm -hmm. It'll mm -hmm. take me from just feeling emotional to have like full on bawling in my room. Okay. It's, it's, it's that big of a difference for me. I feel like when I was watching Rollbound specifically, the music is what took it to the next level mm. uh, combined with like the cinematography and the editing being able to like sync with the music mm -hmm. just created the ultimate viewing experience mm -hmm. and i was just like i'd be looking at the movie and i was just be thinking to myself i want to do that okay. this is what i want to do okay and as far as like my favorite movie now which also uh highlights these things would be spider-man into the spider-verse of course I feel like it's one of the best movies oh, to come out. Y'all looking at me. Uh, we, we, uh, <laughs> the audience can't see that, but yes, we were we are staring uh, at, at Tenosa. So pause for the cause. We were before the show. We were uh, just kind of talking beforehand and just kind of laughing and getting the, getting a feel for the microphones and sound. And Etanosa comes in and immediately just chooses violence and mm -hmm. says, "I just want us though. I've only seen one Spider Man and I thought it was trash." And Xavier and I are like. Near tears, right? Because okay, let me let me defend uh -oh, myself. Because you mama. know what? Let you me defend have, myself. You gotta defend. And I did say this to y'all. I said I'm only saying this. I made this disclaimer. Mm -hmm. I'm only saying this because I've literally seen only one Spider-Man movie. And we're, and, not was, and we're not judging you for no, that either. We no should, judge, but, but we're not. It's Black but, History Month. Right. It's the Black Spider-Man. Right. Okay. But we, listen, listen, listen. Afro Latino, listen. to be specific. Okay. He was I saw Jordan's. the last one. I would. I didn't see Spider Man into the universe. <gasps> Spider Verse. Into the universe. I'm sorry. <sighs> oh gosh. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna let you get first it. First of all, first of all, I made the disclaimer. I'm sure it's really good if I knew the context of all the Just Spider Man. Well, see, I didn't There's have no the time. Great. You don't even need to know anything Just to watch, watch that movie. You don't, you don't even, even know You really anything. don't. Okay, I can do that. I should watch. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Please Just do. for y'all. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm going to oh, put so, you on. So, we're redeem so, so on. Etinosa, the redemption tour of Etanosa will begin with uh, Into the Spider-Verse. So, now, pause for the calls over. Back to you saying that Into the Spider-Verse is your favorite movie now. What did that film mean to you? Mm-hmm. This is a conversation I love having. Come on. Okay, so uh, if there's any person in this world who knows how much I love Spider-Man, specifically Miles Morales, it is my mother. Uh, I've been a Spider-Man fanatic since I was a child. I was watching, uh, I would watch those movies on DVD and I would look at like the behind the scenes um, stuff where they show you like how they made the action sequences mm -hmm. and stuff. And I would be thinking, I'm like, I want to do that one day. Okay. I want to be Spider-Man. I wish I was Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And so, lo and behold, in like 2011, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who's like a comic books writer you know, mm -hmm. he wrote 
He invented Miles Morales, essentially based it off of Barack Obama and uh, Donald Glover, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Childish Gambino, mm-hmm. for the uncultured. <laughs> um, okay. Hold up, I came up on Gambino. Watch out, watch out, watch out. <laughs> he Donald Glover now, but I came up on Gambino. But mm-hmm, whatever, go ahead, mm-hmm. continue. But it's, it's like, there's something about reading a comic book that just emphasizes every part of your being mm-hmm. and it's like this is me like I'm literally reading a story about me and so when I was growing up always wanting to be Spider-Man and I finally got a comic book character that was like I could be this right. character mm-hmm. especially me being an actor like I've always wanted to play Miles Morales in something Man. they got the MCU coming I'm like I know you're making a Miles Morales movie hit me up Hit me up. I know you don't have my number, but I can't put my number on the podcast. <laughs> you look me up. Look me right. up. You'll find me. You'll so, find me. So that that's that sounds like that's something that um well doesn't sound like it is. It sounds like what you're saying is that representation uh is super important. I know we're it hearing is. that conversation around Encanto right now. Um I know that when Black Panther came out a few years mm. ago, that was huge. And so then Miles Morales finally hitting the scene. We got this Afro Latina kid living in New York, wearing Jordans. I rock Jordans, at Tenosa rocks Jordans. Uh, even though she don't watch Spider Man, she at least rocks Jays. I'm <laughs> I like I, I'm with you. I think that there's something fascinating about Miles Morales' character and that there's a bits and pieces for all of us to identify with. And I think that was the thing that I enjoyed most about mm-hmm. Into the Spider-Verse was just how super relatable it was and just how we've all been that teenager, regardless of whether you're male or female, however you identify. We've all been in that space where Miles Morales was in mm-hmm. that film. And so why do you feel like that besides the representation why do you feel like that touched you in such a special way seeing basically yourself not only in a comic book but then a couple of years later transitioning it to the screen Mm -hmm. it was just it was like an out-of-body experience i remember my mom uh she worked at a radio station Mm -hmm. uh well still does and at the time for the show that she was working for she got like early screening passes to like see the movie before it came out and so when I watched that movie for the first time, I cried like four times. Mm. Uh, I do remember the specific points, but I won't say them because spoilers. Right. But like, it's almost hard to explain because it's just like you, part of me couldn't even believe that I was watching this. Sure. Because like, yes, representation, but I feel like representation can be done incorrectly. Mm. You know, like, yes, you have a black Spider-Man, but, like, it's really just Peter Parker and you made him white. Like, mm-hmm. Miles Morales is such an authentically Afro-Latino character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though I'm not Afro-Latino, like, I still was able to see, like, my culture in his character. Mm-hmm. And not even just him, but, like, the environment that he grew up sure, in. Sure, You know, the other people in his family. And then just having this heartwarming story, like this coming of age tale of this guy growing into himself and finding his own identity. Mm-hmm. And like, I know he says at the end of the movie, like anybody can wear the mask. And I feel like that line specifically was like, it meant so much more than just, oh, anybody can be Spider-Man. It's like anybody can be the hero that they want to be. Mm. Wow. And... I feel like it just hit different and it's a very like inspiring and motivating film for me. And it's like, yes, it's really fun. It's entertaining. It's funny. But it's like there's so many nuggets in there where it's like if you really pay attention to what this story is trying to tell you, it's incredible. Like, I honestly Mm -hmm. feel like everybody has to watch this movie. This is why I'm Not to mention that it's beautiful. I mean, the animation is incredible. It's a beautiful story. And, you know, we're we're, we're looking at you. We're looking at you right now. I want to touch on the aspects (laughs) of you saying... She rolled her eyes for the audience. They didn't see that. (laughs) I was thinking. That's what it was. It wasn't her eyes. I misinterpreted. Um, I really enjoyed the aspect of you talking about, like, the aspect of saying, like, anyone can wear the mask. You can be your own hero. How do you think you are becoming your own hero for your storyline? Great question. This is deep. Okay. Um... I actually think about this a lot. Uh, When I was a kid, or just like, I'm kind of slamming a kid, but just younger, uh, I would say like elementary school, middle school, you know, I was like one of the only black kids in my school, typical. uh, And that kind of experience, it's very like isolating. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now 
in recent years, uh, I've been becoming like more of my own person. I used to latch onto other people's identities and try to like figure out like, is this for me? Mm-hmm. Is that for me? No, it's not. Now I'm kind of more confident in the type of person that I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's just been trial and error, but I've like, the more I think about it and the more I think of like where I was and where I am now, mm-hmm. I can see the growth and how I'm more confident in myself, how I know you know what I want to do and like where I'm going um, in terms of just like my career and my social life and you know my spiritual mental life all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. so I would just say that I almost forgot what the question was but I've just been rambling to me yeah I just asked how you're becoming that hero and it just sounds like you're just becoming more confident in yourself yeah. right mm-hmm. you're you're owning up to like yeah I like this I like doing this and this is where I'm going. And mm-hmm. that is that is a peaceful place to be. And you're unapologetic about it. Yeah. Unapologetic. Is... Talk about how you got to that point because you're a sophomore. And I know a lot of students when they come to the university, specifically here at UT, because uh, I interact with lots of them every year because that's my job and I love it. Uh, but the thing that I constantly notice is that uh, in that journey to discovering who they want to be, there's not a lot of confidence this early in the game. It's usually junior and senior year before, especially students of color uh, that I encounter before they finally are starting to be okay with, you know what? I like Spider-Man. I'm cool with that. Or these are the kind of, the role bounce is my movie, right? Some people would be like, yeah, you know, I think I like role bounce. Like you were like, no, role bounce, that's the movie. I put Mm -hmm. it in my essay. I'm that confident. And you were able to unpack and articulate the different elements of that movie and into the Spider-Verse as to how uh, that helped shape you into how you became more confident. And so talk to talk to our audience, specifically those uh, underclassmen that might be listening to this whenever they're choosing to listen to this episode about, you know, how to get to that point where they see themselves as that hero or that person that they want to become. I think one of the most interesting things about my journey specifically is that even in high school, even when I was still like a senior in high school, I wasn't all the way there yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Specifically my freshman year of college and having it be during a pandemic and in quarantine, mm. I was by myself a lot. I was with my parents, but I mean, they both work. Everybody's busy. So I spent a lot of time just like in my room, just, you know, thinking about life and reflecting and being by yourself. I think that is one of the scariest things mm. to do, but it's also one of the most necessary things to do. Yes. It's very scary to feel alone and be mm. by yourself and like, you know, kind of be trapped <laughs> with your own thoughts. Yeah. Um, but you also need to be able to do that because the only thing that's consistent in your life is yourself. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn how to deal with that but also you know being by myself helped me figure out you know who I am and what I want to do I kind of would reflect on my life and you know look back at certain decisions and I would question myself and be like why did I do those certain things why did I feel this way Mm -hmm. I started you know really nitpicking and questioning like everything and I was able to put the pieces together and finally figure out like oh this is why I did those things this is why you know, this happened that way because I was like this or, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I would just say like coming to terms with yourself, you'll really find peace that will allow you to become confident and just be like, you know what? I don't care what anybody else says. I'm doing what I want to do. And that's period. That's period. That is snaps. I feel like I was just like a spoken word. That was awesome. Yeah, I feel that. So you you said a couple of things in there. You you referenced the pandemic. And I know a lot of I've had several conversations today with staff members about the fact that the last of the classes that were here pre-pandemic is graduating. Mm-hmm. So really the next two to three classes, this is that's this is the reality of our students. What was that like being a creative mind, being a creative 
uh, during the pandemic? What was that like for you? Because I know you hinted on a couple of things about being by yourself a little bit and having to navigate that. But what was that like for you creatively? Because uh, a lot of our students are wondering, you know, how do I be creative? And I was home or I was only in my room and I only went to the dining hall and back to my room. What was that like for you? And how did you maintain a sense of creativity during that time? Because you started college. I did. In the pandemic. I did. Which is crazy to even think about. Like, I feel like it's so, we've just, everyone's gotten used to it now. Mm -hmm. But when you really utter those words, like I graduated high school and entered my first year of college during a pandemic in quarantine, didn't really have any social interaction. That's wild to really even just say and process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we move. Um, But I, I... What was the question again? No, the question was how do you, how did you maintain a sense of creativity in the middle okay. of all of that? Because you're you're clearly a creative person, so I'm just curious how did you keep that going while dealing with being isolated in a way and starting college like that? It was it was hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very very difficult, but um, I feel like like I said, how there were kind of like pros and cons to being alone. Mm-hmm. There was kind of pros and cons to my creativity. Um, I had a lot more free time to experience new media, find new music, find new artists, uh, watch more movies and TV shows. So in that sense, I gained a lot of like inspiration Mm -hmm. and was able to create more uh, projects. I had more time to play games. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the video games that I played, The Last of Us Part Two, inspired me to literally create an entire short film based off of like the world of that game and uh that was like in that was like the summer right after i graduated high school so that was like kind of in the beginning um but i feel like i feel like it's different for everyone um at least what worked for me was just having some kind of hope that you're going to be able to make things in the future, Mm. in the near future, especially, um, it motivated me to like continue to make more stuff. And even if I like, wasn't going out and filming every single thing, Mm -hmm. I was like, at least I have ideas Mm -hmm. and I'm jotting them down and I'm not like blocking off any kind of blessings that I could have. Uh, I made like music videos. I made like little, clips with different effects i made like a recreation of the jimmy neutron <laughs> opening wow. which was a uh, just random huh. stuff like that um but yeah i i it was fun for me too i feel like that's also what it was it was genuinely fun okay you know when i feel like creatives get lost in the pressure of having to be creative mm-hmm. and so when there's no pressure to be creative you finally get the chance to be creative uh, <laughs> mm, I had to turn away, y'all. Oh, mm, mm. Mm. But it 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 makes sense because if somebody's telling you, "Oh, you got to do this and that and that," and right. you only have this amount of time to do it, you're like, "Oh crap, I got to figure out how to do this and that mm. and, the, and the third. But when no one's telling you you have to do all this stuff, you're like, "Dang, I actually really want to make this, and I can. Yeah. So I'm gonna make it. Man. And it's so simple. Yeah, you can just do it. Yeah." I loved just hearing the almost intersectionality between like this pandemic and isolation and creativity, right? Because like with creatives, like I think as I consider myself a creative, anywho, you are. Um, <laughs> you uh, are. I think there is like an aspect of like you're overthinking and you're sitting there and like sometimes there is that pressure, but it's like maybe one of the pros of this pandemic was like that piece of isolation, that piece of just like I have to sit with myself and I have to like rethink creativity. Exactly. Do you think that was something that like you can see like hindsight that yeah that may be one of the pros of the pandemic of course if there were if there was ever to be a benefit of a pandemic which is almost blasphemous to say Mm -hmm. but i would say like yes it helped me creatively um especially pre-pandemic i was so busy with my schedule and i was like caught in like a rhythm of things Mm -hmm. this pandemic kind of broke that rhythm and i kind of developed i developed a new rhythm in some unhealthy, but also some other ones that were more healthy. Um, and I do feel like it kind of challenged me mm-hmm. to create new things in a new way mm-hmm. and just challenge my mind and see what it could do. 
Um, so from that standpoint, yeah, I would see that as a positive, yeah. but a very small positive. Yeah. <laughs> well, still, still a positive. right? Still positive. right. We're gonna take we're gonna take these wins, okay? okay. We're gonna take you these wins take the from this when pandemic. You can get so you, you you talked about making films, and you know I had a chance to look at your uh, film trailer for your Kim Possible uh, yeah. remake that you did, and we're gonna get that showing. And by the way, on campus, y'all, we coming up soon. Stay tuned. We're gonna we working together right now to get um, UHD is working to get a get Xavier a, a screening of two of his short films because we believe in um, promoting our students and we believe and that's what this podcast is for too uh, so we believe in promoting the work of our students and so soon very soon you will be able to come and see some of Xavier's work talk to us about the create your creative process because I've seen your stuff you talked about Kim Possible you talked about Jimmy Neutron so you clearly have a Disney fascination <laughs> let's start with the let's, let's let's start with this question what is your fascination with Disney and then we'll come back to what's your creative process so Disney please I feel tell like us when I grew up I watched so much television okay so much television it was probably a problem, but that was just like my childhood. That's my life. I feel like everyone's childhood has a huge effect on who they are when they become an adult. And for what? me, it's yeah, I see with your Avengers pin on your suit. <laughs> it, ha it has an effect on us. What? <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> but like for me, coming home after school or especially over the summer, mm -hmm. I didn't really have a whole bunch of stuff to do because I was a kid. I'd be watching TV. Yeah. So that stuff was just like in my brain all the time, 24 okay. seven. Okay. So I feel like that definitely became a huge part of my personality there's like different sides of my dorky personality and like okay. those childhood shows and stuff are definitely a part of it which is why you know i would like go back and watch those watch that stuff during quarantine i'd be like it'd be funny to make something like this mm -hmm. or like you know test my creative skills and see if i can like bring this to life mm -hmm. and that's you know what i was able to do and especially with kim possible i was literally just binging it over disney plus mm. over the um I don't even remember when that was. I guess it was winter of last year. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Ugh. Um, Everybody just, everybody's <laughs> eyes got big thinking about winter of last year. In yeah. Texas. We were all like, oh the nightmare. <laughs> right. But um, that's also when Miles Morales came out, actually, and it was Christmas themed. That was a really good time. Those two weeks when I was playing that game, that was great. Anyway. Um, Those of us without PS5s didn't get to do that, but that's okay. Mm, that's okay. I'm so sorry. That's all right. Sony, Sony, get it together. You know, I, 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 it's nothing but the Lord's work that I was able to get one <laughs> on day one. I when, I'm with it. As soon as they announced the PS5s dropping, I was able to get my pre-order in and Amazon hooked me up. I was like, thank mm. you. Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, none of them were hooking anybody up in 2022. So there's that. So I'm Thank jealous. you, Jesus. Salty, bitter, <laughs> all of that. You. Whatever, you know. <laughs> you know, it's okay. So, but continue, tell your Disney story. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah, so my childhood. I feel like that definitely has an impact on the stuff that I do. I have a very silly personality, mm -hmm. so whenever I make something, it's always gotta be some kind of silliness to okay. it. Not in everything. I do make a lot of serious stuff, um, but even in the seriousness, there's also some type of like exciting silliness. This isn't really that realistic, but mm -hmm. like it's still, it's like more so entertaining. Sure. It's just overall entertaining. Sure. I wouldn't want something to be completely serious because then I'm like, well, that's just a bummer to watch. Right. Uh, but then I don't want something to be too silly goofy because then you can't take it seriously. Mm. Uh, finding the balance. Finding the balance. It's all about balance. And I feel like in my creative process, I honestly just try to make something that I would want to watch. That's really what it is at the end of the day. Uh, because if I would want to see this, I'm going to want to work hard to make it so I can see this later. And then if I want to see this, I know that there's somebody else who's going to want to see this. So if I can make something for me and somebody else to watch, then that's really all there is to it. I wouldn't want to make something that I have no interest in, which a lot of times you'll be surprised at how many people put so much time into something that they really don't care about. Mm. Or they're like, I want to try this new thing or I want to do this, whatever, whatever, because so-and-so said it'd be cool. Meanwhile, you really don't care about what you're doing at all and you're kind of wasting your time. Why don't you read that book that you've been wanting to read for the past six months and see what you can make out of that? Yeah. Like, do something that you like if you're going to do something because we don't know when it's our time to leave here and mm -hmm. I'd rather be satisfied with all the stuff that I've done and say that, you know, I had a blast doing the stuff that I love to mm -hmm. do. 
so I gotta I gotta harp on that for a little bit because you said you said something very powerful that I don't want our audience to miss because a lot of the times people come to the university or any college experience and it's hyper focusing on a discipline that I may or may not like mm-hmm. uh, hyper focusing on classes I had to turn away for a second when you said you gotta do what you like and I was like oh because I remember being in grad school and running into people and I did papers and projects on things I'm like I had the option to do what I wanted but I was like no let me branch out and try something new and it just wasn't what I was supposed to do can you talk a little bit more about how liberating that felt because I'm watching you talk about it you looked and seemed so free because you're like man this is something I would want to watch and some people are like but wait aren't you worried about your grades some people are probably listening to this and saying but wait aren't you worried about uh being a 4.0 student or being on the presidential scholars and all of that is doable and all those are good things but you are enjoying your college experience you've you've articulated that you've maximized even the worst of the moments up to this point and here you are can you talk about the liberating feeling that is to be able to just do your thing and passionately pursue it um, early on and not wait until junior and senior year to say, you know what, I'm going to change my major. I'm going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I got to say this before I say anything else, the only reason that I'm to this far of a point is because of the support of my parents mm-hmm. and my sister I have probably the best support group that I could ever ask for ever okay. since I was a child and I was talking about I want to make movies and I want to act. Yeah. They would be doing everything in their power to make sure that I would have some chance at doing that. Mm. If it were not for them, I would not be here. Okay. And I feel like that's the main thing for me because I know a lot of people don't have that support system. Right, right. And so when you're struggling to figure out if this is something that you really want to do and you have other people in your life, like the closest people in your life also questioning you, then you're probably gonna stick with the safe side or have a plan B or whatever, something. Cause you know, it's, it's when everyone's telling you no, Mm -hmm. or when everyone's telling you, I don't know, then you're also gonna think, eh, I don't know. Okay. So for me having a support group to really be like, yes, go for it. You know, I've really been able to be like, you know what, why not? I'm going to do it because I can and I want to. But even if you don't have that support group, I would say you really need to take a chance. Take Mm -hmm. a chance on one thing. Take a chance on, it doesn't even have to be the biggest thing ever. Take a chance on one small thing and see what it does for you. Something that you really just want to do. Mm -hmm. And you would be surprised at how much joy it will bring you. I don't care what it is. Mm. Even, Even if I'm acting in a show and I act in that show and I perform and I see the people's faces and the audiences I'm like yeah this is this was worth it mm-hmm. this was worth those five months of rehearsals mm-hmm. it was it was worth it you you just know when there's something that you want to do you love doing it you're going to know exactly what that thing is in that moment and I feel like that moment of clarity is so worth the risk mm-hmm. like there's no reason not to do what you love. It's is that true for that senior right now that's listening to this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I there's I know I'm a sophomore, you're like, why is this guy talking? But I'm like, dude, just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Who's why why not? I mean, stop thinking about the why nots. Just do it. Mm. Just do it. Okay. I like that's that. all I can say. Because it's like you're gonna if you don't, then you're gonna look back and be like, and dang, I wish I did that. Mm. Or I had the opportunity to do it and I didn't do it and now I don't have a chance. Like, take advantage of all the opportunities that come your way when they come your way if it's something that you want to do. I cannot stress that enough. Even me, I have opportunities that I've missed out on because I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. And mm. I wish that I did some of that stuff. Sure. So it's just like, at the end of the day, it's your life and you have to live it and... I would hate to have me or somebody else that I love going through their life doing stuff that they don't want to do because someone else told them not to. I feel like that's so stupid. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I got to ask because Etanosa said it uh, earlier. 
that you know she she her, she believes she's a creative and you are. Uh, yeah, my I was first. Lying. Sorry, I was trying to downplay it. I'm I was creative. like, you okay? I was <laughs> like, are. don't don't play. We don't play in it's this Black space. History Month. Okay? okay, we not playing in here. Black Speaking of which, that that was the question. Black creatives. We got to talk about that because I know that with TikTok, of which I'm not on. So shout out to those freshmen that tried to get me on TikTok. I told You're you I, I would, I'm not. I'm giving um, you the same look that you gave me for Spider-Man. Well, you know, there was the freshmen at orientation. They said they were going to make it their goal that by spring semester, I'd be on TikTok. You failed. It's not so over yet. It, it's over. I, I'm, my commitment is even more solidified. <laughs> but we got to talk about black creators, specifically black content creators on the 21st plug, by the way. February 21st, uh, we are doing uh, an event uh, with Dr. Adrian Sebro um, on black content creators. We're going to talk about black sitcoms. We're going to talk about Insecure. We'll, we may talk about Euphoria in there. I don't know yet, uh, but it's really going to be uh, talking about what we're about to ask you. And why is it important that black content creators share their content, despite what you know was going on on social media with algorithms and all that stuff why is it important that black content creators share their content mm -hmm. that's a really big thing actually and i feel like black creatives are kind of told not to really be creative or like that they're that their work isn't as meaningful mm -hmm. as something else mm -hmm. or some some white person would make i don't know mm -hmm. but I feel like that is so far from the truth. This is just facts. Black people run global culture. I don't care what you say. It's just the truth. Think of the most popular things in the world. Mm -hmm. It's black or it's inspired by black something. We run the world and it is a disservice to the world. If we keep our creativity to ourselves, mm -hmm. this world could be awesome. It could be more awesome than what it already is if you just, you know, share your work. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like there's like I said before, you want to take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way because you have no idea what some door could lead to in the sure, future. Sure. You know, an opportunity could lead to another opportunity right. at least to something huge. Mm -hmm. So for you to like close off your work so nobody sees it, well, no one's going to see it. And so it's like if this is something that you really want to make happen for yourself, you need to show people. Even if it's like, even if you are nervous, and of course you're nervous because you're exactly, creative. Exactly, because because you know everyone right? everyone hates getting and, it, and everybody can see your 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 stuff. You know that's exactly. out there, right? The flaws are exposed. It's out, but that's the thing. It's out there. Anybody can see it. As much as it is nerve wracking to know that your work is out there for people to judge and criticize, mm -hmm. and people might not like it, is just as uh, liberating and just an amazing feeling when someone likes your work mm -hmm. even if it's just one person for one person to walk up let's say you painted something on a canvas and then it's on display because you're like i'm gonna take a chance and just hope you know see what happens happens sure. and you have like 20 people walk by and say that they hated it and then you have like two people walk up and be like this is one of the coolest things that i've seen in this building you're going to forget about those 20 people who said it sucked because those two people are going to make your day mm -hmm. and be like, wow, someone enjoyed what I made. I feel like it's 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 so I mean, it's not silly because like, obviously, I understand why I feel like I'm talking so confidently, but it's just because I'm confident. But like, I understand the pressure and the nerves mm -hmm. because I was there. But something that has helped me get to the point where I am is by putting my work out there mm -hmm. and getting that reassurance yeah. that it's like I am a black creative and I am great at what I do mm -hmm. and I know that people want to see what I have to make and people want to see what I have to say you know I want to make more stuff keep it going I'm actually interested to see what you have to say about this question mm. oh wow oh yeah hey. there we go interview the interviewer <laughs> um as a black creative I think for me like the algorithm sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? The algorithm will make you question every piece of your creativity. It will make you think like the table is full and there is no room for me to be at this table. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm just going to do this. You know, people say, you know, do your and this is where I got to. 
I am creative and I'm putting out this work because I love it and it brings me joy. Mm-hmm. Sure, I want to monetize and get money. Okay. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I was just like, I love doing this. I think I wrote a post today and I was just like, I am doing this because it brings me joy. I see so many black creatives and I interact with so many black creatives who I'm just like, you're funny, you're hilarious, you're bringing a new perspective, this is dope, your idea is going to go further than I could have ever imagined and like, how can I help you? And I think, I was even going to ask you like, what piece of advice what I give black creatives I mm. to get over self-doubt, right? And I think you said it. It was like, almost just do it. Like, mm-hmm. just do it. Like, I think, you know, people create for other people, which I, I don't necessarily believe because once you start doing that, then you feed into the algorithm, then you feed into these yeah. companies, then you mm-hmm. feed into all the stuff. But if you're doing it for yourself and you're putting your heart, I mean, maybe not your whole heart, but you put in a lot of your heart and your authentic self into the content that you're creating, I think that should be enough right mm-hmm. like it is those two people that you'd be like yeah i knew that skirt like i'm a fashion person mm-hmm. i'm like i knew that skirt was cute when i bought it yeah and stuff like that and you just get hype about it and you just keep wanting to do stuff and like you talked earlier in this podcast about inspiration right like i'm a big person like working on my boundaries lear- working on self-love and self-acceptance and like being in that isolation and finding inspiration entices creativity Mm. and entices you to think about things in a different way entices you to learn i think the biggest thing about being a creative is learning um youtube university is my best friend okay um (laughs) absolutely just other people even other creators that i see i said i'm in the same space as you but i'm doing it different and the one thing that's different is me Mm -hmm. and people Mm -hmm. forget how special and how unique one person is like Mm -hmm. no one's truly doing it the same way you're doing it And that should really be a confidence boost. Like, my brand is all about self-love, self-acceptance, and, like, living your life in style. So Mm. if you can figure out how to do all those things, and I try to send the message, like, love yourself. Mm. Just figure out what that looks like. Maybe it might be being by yourself. Maybe it's being in a part of community and having that support system. But, like, doing that work to love yourself and accept yourself, I think it's just going to, like, explode your creativity. So... I actually think I have another example. You may. So, like, I, because you said YouTube, my brain just went working. Mm -hmm. But um, I watch, like, a lot of gamers on YouTube. My kids do, too. uh Uh-huh. And the funny thing about it is everybody's playing the same games. Yep. It's the same games. Yep. It's just different people playing them. Mm Mm-hmm. But everybody loves these gamers, all different kinds. I'm subscribed to like six different gamers. They're all playing the same games, but I'm like, I want to see how this person plays this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see how this person plays this game. You know, people will ask me like, why are you watching the same gameplays over and over again? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. it's a completely totally different, different gameplay totally because different. this specific person is playing it in their own way. Yeah. You got to play the game the way you want to play it. And I promise you people will want to see how you play the game. They do. I never thought I would live in a world where this would be a thing. I'm going to be honest. I grew up, you know, I I had Nintendo. I had the Super Nintendo. I had the Sega. I had the first PlayStation, the second one, and I quit buying them after that. And then I wanted the five and can't get it. Um, (laughs) But I I have an Xbox and I have a a gaming PC. And I get on YouTube and I'm like, there is a world where people are watching other people play a game that you own. I never thought, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love online gaming and, I, and I'm a big fan. I'm an advocate for it. I love e-gaming. Shout out to Longhorn e-gaming. Um, but I never thought that that world would exist. And you're absolutely right that you could come in and sit down and see it differently. Like, it's like when I was playing uh, Red Dead Redemption uh, 2 when it oh, came out. Oh, especially that one. Love that game. I watched eight different YouTubers play that game. I beat it once and then I was beating it again and I was like, the second time through was even better because I was watching YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on it again, and now I'm like, I wonder if I missed anything else, or I wonder if there's anything else out there. And that just makes the gaming community that much more vibrant as well. Right. Same thing with fashion. Uh, I'm a graphic designer as well. So all of the YouTube has helped me do things that I couldn't even, I can't remember from college because the technology's changed from <laughs> 15, 16 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but YouTube has become that place. But if it wasn't for people willing to put their content out there or just do it, as you're saying, Xavier, yeah. um, I would never be able to have the kind of fun that I'm having. I learned how to f- make movies from YouTube. 
I learned how to edit. I learned like cinematography stuff, like what you should do, yeah. what you shouldn't do, how to get a film started. All that stuff you I learned out of high from school YouTube. Knowing how to do this stuff. And and I mean, I, I also think <laughs> You know what? It's okay. I feel left. I'm like, how did y'all coming out of high school? You got short stories. You got short films. You got films you starred in. You got films that you're making. Like, and you're like. I think it'd be cool to do this and you do it. My cousin and I were joking on Instagram yesterday about something similar. It's like, man, what if Instagram or this photo and video editing software existed when we were kids? Because we would always say things like one day it'll be cool to, you know, make have realistic games. And now that world exists Mm -hmm. or, you know, being able to, man, I want to go and record like what RDC world uh, and Mark Phillips and all those guys are doing. uh, Shout out to Mark um, and what they're doing. I'm like, we used to do that stuff in the backyard, too. They just started recording it. And now they got millions of followers on YouTube and are getting money Mm -hmm. (laughs) for it. So the the world is like, as you said, is um, it's incredible what happens when people put their talents out there. So thank you. Thank you for inspiring us today, Xavier. Any final words for the audience today? Because, you know, Etinosa has to get to her birthday celebration. Mm. So, you know, we just, <laughs> we just we just trying to live in Etinosa's world today. <laughs> but any other final words for our audience today? Um, I would just say if you made it this far. You might as well follow me on my socials. Okay. Give it to them. Uh, my Instagram at the X-Man 113. Uh, all lowercase and then on Twitter it's same thing but capital T capital X you got it show me some love and have a blessed day that's all I really got to say well listen Xavier thank you for hanging out with us Etanosa happy birthday enjoy your birthday Uh, whenever you're listening to us uh, thank you for listening we really do appreciate it make sure you like comment and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening uh, to this podcast on and we will see you next time Take care. Thank y'all for having me. Yes, sir. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To catch the next installment, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. This podcast was recorded and edited in collaboration with the LAITS Development Studios Audio Department. More information can be found at liberalarts.utexas.edu slash LAITS. The intro song was composed by Ian Herrera, and you can find his work at ianherrera.com. The outro song was composed by Noah Keller, and you can find more of his work at noahdkeller.com. We'll see you next time. Texas Podcast Network is brought to you by the University of Texas at Austin. Podcasts are produced by faculty members and staffers at UT Austin who work with university communications to craft content that adheres to journalistic best practices. The University of Texas at Austin offers these podcasts at no charge. Podcasts appearing on the network and this webpage represent the views of the hosts, not of the University of Texas at Austin.